there's going to be war in 24. There will be turmoil in 24. Those who are prepared for those two things will flourish. Those who are unprepared will flounder. Didio, it's great to have you here on Charisma News to hear what God is speaking to you about the upcoming year, 2024. There are so many things on the headlines that I want to say are distracting to us, and we mm. need people like yourself to be able to help us navigate those headlines and see what God is actually saying about this coming year and how we need to respond. So welcome to Charisma News, and I'm looking forward to hearing what God is speaking to you. Thank you so much, brother. And these are such pivotal times. We're living in a precarious moment. And the Bible says that the Lord will do nothing except first he reveal his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Now, as believers, we all have prophetic insight. So the Lord is trying to show us something. The question is, are we listening? Mm. Are we paying attention? Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, I wanted to hear about is what are you paying attention to? Uh, you've become somebody that I am looking to as a prophetic voice, um, not just in what God is speaking to you, but you are very good at discerning the signs and the times of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the sermons that you've that you've preached, even about the uh, Oppenheimer, uh, you know, looking at the prophetic things. What has the Bible said about what's happening in our world today? So, twenty twenty four is an election year, even. So, yeah. Yeah, what what is God speaking to you, brother? Well, I want to issue a warning very quickly for everyone watching this. The Bible says when you begin to see these things come to pass, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. So in all the things that we're about to dive into, and we're going to dive into some controversial things in this conversation, I want you to know there's hope beyond the scope of human limitation. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. So we're going to take the cover off. And I'm telling you, when a real prophetic voice speaks, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We're going to look at what's actually coming in 2024. But I want you to know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. If you believe that, you need to be sharing messages like this. You need to be liking, commenting, engaging with this. And brother, I want to I want to say this to begin with, and, and then we can kind of go in whatever yeah. direction you want to go in. But when praying about 2024, here's a couple things the Lord showed me. Number one, that there's going to be war in 24. Number two, there will be turmoil in 24. And number three, those who are prepared for those two things will flourish. Those who are unprepared will flounder. Mm -hmm. Now we can get into the details of this, but similar to what we saw in 2020, a lot of ministries disappeared, were exposed, the cover was taken off, not only in ministries, but also in politics. We began to see what's really happening behind the scenes, began to see kind of the agenda of the enemy at work. The same is going to happen in 2024, and we've got to be prepared for it. Wow. You know, as you were saying that, it's it's really a tipping point. Um, yes. And I, I'm reminded of the parable of the 10 virgins, the five wise ones that were prepared. They had their lamps ready. They had enough oil for the journey. And then the five foolish ones, they didn't have enough lamp. They didn't have mm-hmm. enough oil in their lamps and they were begging uh, the others to, you know, to share with them. And so it just help us be ready by what God's speaking to you about this. Cause obviously war and turmoil are difficult things. And we're, for the most part, I think our viewing audience and our readers are probably in the United States. I know we do have people around the world, but for the most part, the United States has been, um, 
separated or secluded from the rest of the world wars. Even mm. I mean, World War One or World War Two started uh, with the United States involvement whenever the island of Hawaii uh, was attacked and it wasn't the mainland. So here in the United States, we kind of don't necessarily feel that. But I kind of feel that what you're ta- what you're talking about is a little bit deeper than yeah. uh, wars that we've felt in the past. Yeah, preparedness is key. And, I, and I'm talking about intentional preparedness. A lot of times when Christians hear something because they heard it, they think they did it. You know, because we hear a sermon on evangelism, we felt like we did evangelism because we said amen and we gave in the offering. But that is not sufficient. You must become an evangelist. You must minister the gospel. The same is true with what we're talking about during this broadcast heading into 2024. Simply hearing a message about it and listening to the prophetic words is not enough. Mm. You have to intentionally prepare yourself because there's several things that's coming. We, again, we can dive into this in whatever direction you want to, but I'm going to throw some stuff against the wall here and we'll see what direction the Holy Spirit wants us to go in. Number one, there is a cold civil war that has been taking place within the body of Christ over the last few years. Mm. That cold war will turn hot spiritually speaking spiritually, and there is going to be a schism between the house of David and the house of Saul. And that division is going to become more apparent. In a moment, I'll dive in more detail concerning that. Number two, I saw as I was praying about this uh, in the spirit, currency battles or currency wars, that there is going to be a battle. There's going to be Currencies are going to become a big deal. Now, I'm sure that has a lot to do with the digital currency, mm-hmm. things shifting over and a lot of powers that be trying to move us over to a digital currency. But we need to be prepared for that. We could talk about that here in a moment. You need to get your stewardship down right now, going into 2024. In preparation, you need to understand biblical giving. You need to understand biblical stewardship. You need to understand how to trust God for supernatural provision. If you will get those things down, if you will understand tithes, offerings, praying uh, for provision, the blessing of God, the provision of God, all those things, then as we enter into the tumult and the turmoil that's coming in 24, you will receive the transfer that's going to take place. You will flourish. If you are unprepared for this, then you're going to flounder. Now, if we can, you can dive in here, but I want to get back to this cold civil war that we're in. I was going to ask you to talk about that, yeah. So I, I think people have sensed it, especially when we went into 2020. All of a sudden, people we thought were, were on the same side, they started to bifurcate and separate, mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. bowed the knee, in a sense, to some of the political powers and suggestions that took place. As we go into 2024, it's going to be on a wider scale. What we're going to see is, it, it really, if, if you want to study this biblically, you can find where we're at in 1 Samuel 21. I feel that the story that's taking place in 1 Samuel 21 is a prophetic parallel for where we are right now. David is on the run from Saul. So there is a cold civil war that's taking place that much of the nation is not aware of at this time biblically. Mm. Uh, David, just and his men are kind of on, on their own, and people who are in the know know what's going on. Uh, And so David goes to a priest's house, and there he goes into the temple, and he he asks them if they have any weapons, and they happen to have Goliath's sword there. Now, there's a lot we can talk about Goliath's sword. You and I have discussed this, how Mm -hmm. to access Goliath's sword. We're not going to talk about that today. you got to get my book, Armed for Victory, that's going to prepare you for 2024, because I go into all of these details there. 
But what happens is David receives help in the house of God. He reclaims his weapon, Goliath's sword that was rightfully his. And when he leaves, there's several other characters I want you all to pay attention to. There's the high priest whose name is Ahimelech who helped David. Mm -hmm. And then there is Saul. He represents the religious order of our day, the religious system, the old guard who are hanging on to power, who have lost the spirit but don't even realize it. And then you have Doeg, who is the chief herdsman of Saul, chief herdsman. That means he's a mega shepherd. Mm. He is a mega pastor. So there is there is coming there is coming in 2024 mega pastors, not all, there are many wonderful mega pastors, but mega pastors who are more concerned about the crowd and appeasing the populace than they are about speaking the prophetic word of God. Doeg betrays Ahimelech. And as a result, Ahimelech is killed and all of his house Hmm. by Saul. Ahimelech is representative of many in the body of Christ who do not have an Issacharian anointing. They do not understand or discern the times or the seasons we're in. Ahimelech helped David because he did not know that there was a civil war going on within the kingdom. Hmm. And he is killed not because he's innocent, but because he's ignorant. Now, the Mm -hmm. Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. This has never been more evident than it's going to be in 2024. Every single one of you listening, you have got to make the decision what side of the line you're going to be on. You need to recognize that there is a battle that's going on, a lot of of, um, dog whistles, if you will, within the Christian community where people are signaling that they're on the side of Saul. And there are a lot of things going on where you can tell when people are on the Davidic side they're walking in that new anointing. Hmm. And so there's a changing of the guard, brother, that's taking place right now. And the body of Christ needs to make a decision what side of the line we're going to be on because judgment's going to fall on the ignorant if they're unprepared. So let's talk about that ignorance right there. I mean, what are some of these signs that um, that you're saying are, are things that we need to be looking out for, uh, you know, to see which side that people are on? I mean, we don't want people to be ignorant. Uh, so what are some of these signs? Well, here's, here's an interesting fact. Whenever, if you want to kind of learn how to walk in the prophetic, then you learn to find the natural parallels and relate them to the spiritual realities. Things happen in the spirit before they happen in the natural. Mm-hmm. And taking that principle on, now politics is often downstream from spiritual warfare. Mm. Politics is downstream from spiritual warfare. So what you see happening in the political world is generally a reflection of what's happening, a battle within the church world, fascinatingly enough. And I'm speaking here in the United States of America. Wow. So here okay. in the United States, when you look at the political arena, you can see the divisions that are taking place. So I ask you, when you look at the current presidential um, debates that are taking place, mm-hmm. uh, the current political climate, what do you see? And what you see is this old guard Mm-hmm. These traditional people who are more concerned about power than they are about being America first. And then you see these fresh voices coming in out of nowhere, right, coming right. in out of nowhere, challenging the status quo. And what's happening with that challenge is it's like this is a sifting taking place where certain people who have been in positions of political power for decades that Christians, conservatives, people have voted for for a long, long time were saying, wait a second, this person was never with us. Mm-hmm. They're only on the side of their own agenda, their own power. And the way we're discerning that is because of these voices that are coming up, how these new voices are being treated, all right? So now let's translate that over into the kingdom. 
Okay. There's a changing of the guard taking place. Tremendous voices rising out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. How are they being treated? How are they being received? And how is the old guard receiving them, adjusting their sails to the new winds that are blowing? And how are they pouring into these voices? That's one way we can tell. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful, and there's so much because you didn't give any names or anything specifically. We I'm trying, could. My, my brain's spinning, <laughs> so that's that. You got us. You got us working here. So, uh, I want you to put in the comments right now who you think that Alan's talking about, and there's a lot of people that he's actually talking about. It's yeah. not just one specific person, uh, but who in the church is he talking about there, or is who is like what's that parallel? I think that's something that would be really interesting to see what our viewers are able to to discern at that point. And then, of course, there's the obvious of right. certain people who are out there saying we need to unhitch ourselves from the Word of God and having same-sex couples uh, come into their marriage conferences or those who are um, in the midst of a heinous attack against the Jewish people flying a, a Hamas flag or or whatever. You know, we can see that. That's obvious. So, yeah. so I'm, not, I'm not, I think everyone recognizes that. You, you would think that, honestly, those of you who are connected with this audience, you think everybody sees that. The truth of the matter is everybody doesn't see that. They're, yeah. they're not aware. There's a large portion of the body of Christ who do not have the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and mm. the discernment that comes with it. And that's why we've got to become very evangelistic about the baptism in the Holy Spirit because people right. are going to need that in 2024 to be able to discern what's going on. Yeah, I, I feel... I feel horrible for people that, that are rejecting the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you, you might think that you have discernment. You may think that you have wisdom, but you are lacking. You are totally lacking. And uh, in a little bit, we're going to actually pray for the pray, pray for people that know that they need a touch from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to yeah. ask uh, Bishop Didio to, to do that. But we've got this war that's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time of this recording, um, it doesn't seem like there's a uh, there's an end at this at this point because there's so much that's happening underground and, and things like that. Um, what's God been speaking to you about Israel? Well, again, Israel is God's timepiece. Yeah. If we want to know what time it is on God's prophetic calendar, we look to the nation of Israel, and what the attacks we see going against the nation of Israel. Again, those outward natural attacks are a reflection of a spiritual battle that's taking place. So when we see this, number one, of course, we must pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace, shalom, actually means wholeness. Mm -hmm. So we need to be praying for the wholeness of Jerusalem, the wholeness of Israel, not the division of, the dividing of. I think those who are bringing a two-state solution are not believing for the wholeness, the shalom of Israel. So we need to be discerning about that. And when we pray for Israel, if I could just throw this in here, you pray the prophetic promises over Israel. When God speaks of Israel throughout the Bible, he often speaks of her as if it's a person. Hmm. And he says that we should speak comfortably to her and declare to her the promises. Did a message recently on how specifically to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And there's a reason God wants us to do that, because prayers that begin with selfishness never reach the full manifestation of what God wants to accomplish in the earth. Mm. And so when we begin our prayers, God says, start with something that's entirely outside of yourself. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for Israel. And when you begin your prayer life with that unselfishness, then there's a blessing that can be released in your life. So you start for Israel. Then you begin to pray for those in authority. And that's key because a prayer life that begins with selfishness is not going to go anywhere. 
You need to make praying for Israel a priority, and God says, I will bless those who bless Israel. That doesn't mean wholesale agreement with every political decision every leader in Israel makes. That's not what we're talking about. But as far as the shalom of Israel, the peace of Israel, we stand for that, we stand with that, and we pray for that, and we believe mm-hmm. God for that, and we've got to make that a priority in our personal lives. How, how I got on that tangent, I, I don't remember. We just <laughs> I think I asked you about that one. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah because, because of the war that's going on in Israel. Right. So we've got to make praying for Israel a priority, and at the same time, we need to recognize that the gospel of the kingdom must go to the Jews first. So hopefully what this is causing us to do is to make is make Israel and the Jewish people a priority to take the gospel to them once again. Why yeah. not? And as we Absolutely. do that I believe God is God is going to tremendously bless us. Another another point that's really interesting, this is getting everyone's mind on the end times. Mm. This is this is thrilling as someone who for a quarter of a century has studied eschatology and I've had a hard time getting people to be excited about it or interested in it. There seems to be this strange revival of interest in eschatology right now among ministers and ministries that would never have anything to do with it. Now, all of a sudden, they're interested, and Israel is the reason for that. We're all coming together underneath the banner of a fascination for the last days, and that's truly exciting. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about the last days. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are— comparing what's happening in Israel and what's happening in our world today is, you know, Ezekiel 37 and 38 and you, the, the Psalm 83. And there's, there's, there's specific chapters and prophecies in the Bible that have been laid out that uh, we look at and we say, these aren't fulfilled yet, but they will be fulfilled because we know that the Bible is, is true. Uh, and those prophecies will come to pass, but it's, you know, we need to be like Bereans and, and, you know, the sons of Issachar and, and, you know, search out the signs and the times. And it's really important for us to do that. You've been searching that out for, for quite a while. Prophetically, which chapter are we in right now, brother? <laughs> That's such a good question. And when you mentioned Berea, I was just a few days ago, I was in Berea, uh, in Greece, and we stood there near the synagogue where Paul unpacked these truths and they were more noble. Um, because they searched the scriptures to see what was true. And that's that's definitely true now. I've never seen so many crazy end-time theories as I'm seeing right now. Um, from the idea that um, that Israel and the church have somehow merged and that the church has replaced Israel to the idea that there's not going to be any actual literal reign of Christ or a millennial reign of Christ, this this kind of foolishness that rises, I don't I don't think I don't blame the individuals. I often think they're just simply repeating what they've learned or what they've been taught. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we find seasoned voices. I've been so fascinated lately as I've been studying uh, Kim Clement mm-hmm. and looking into his ministry, who um, I've never looked into, never had any intention uh, toward at all. He, in the last days of his life, became tremendously interested in the last days and repented concerning his previous positions on the last days, which shocked me. And I think the prophetic journey, I'm going to be sharing more about this on Encounter Today in in the future, his prophetic journey is indicative of the prophetic voices of our day. So I need to say this before I answer what chapter I believe that we're in, that he repented and realized that he needed to put a different emphasis on the end times and change his positions in many ways. And I'm, I'm going to be making a call in 2024 to the prophetic community, many of whom who have gone so deep into personal prophetic prophecies, personal words, that they have detached themselves from any form of the study of Bible 
prophecy. Mm. And I believe that if we're going to be accurate prophetically in personal prophetic words, we have to be anchored in the Word of God, anchored in Bible prophecy. And any minister who does not have a solid grounding in that study and in that understanding, they're not. doesn't mean that they're always wrong, doesn't mean they're not good brothers or sisters in Christ. I'm just warning you, they are subject to error. Mm. And we need to be very careful about that. Doesn't mean they're not brothers, doesn't mean we don't love them, but we need to be very careful about those who have odd eschatological persuasions. Now, there are many differences in eschatology that we can all just have a wonderful conversation about, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's some really weird, go on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Eschatological views that when they have that, you, you need to realize that that is a sign of how they interpret Scripture, and it can cause problems in other areas. Now, what chapter of the Bible are we in? Well, we've already seen Ezekiel 37 fulfilled, the Valley of Dry Bones, and is being fulfilled as far as I'm concerned. Yes. The Valley of Dry Bones coming together. We're seeing that happening. I believe in 2024, there's going to be a trigger that's going to cause a massive migration. I think we're going to see more Jews returning to the Holy Land than at, than at any time in previous history, 2024, mm-hmm. 2025, and beyond. We're going to begin to see that, and it's going to be, it's going to be a sign of, that we're in that uh, valley of dry bones, bones coming together, flesh coming, sinew, all that, the army rising up. That's where we are right now. And as far as the, the, the battle of Gog and Magog, the scripture is not clear on the timing of this battle. Some uh, try to conflate it with the battle of Armageddon for understandable reasons that we can see in Revelation 19 and 20. Uh, but when you get to Ezekiel 38 and 39, there are some differences there that seem to indicate that there is a period of time, seven years as a matter of fact, where there seems to be nuclear weapons that are used as you kind of dig into the history of it. So I, I don't think we're in Ezekiel 38 yet. I think we're in the preparation stages for Ezekiel 38. If we go to Matthew 24, we see these birth pangs being laid out. I think we're starting to see those ramp up and the stage being set for those things. But as far as where we are right now, I think Revelation chapter 3 is where we are. We are in the midst of the Laodicean church. We're on the verge of entering into Revelation chapter 4, but we're in the midst of the Laodicean church, and God is calling us to repent, to turn from our wicked ways, to recognize our need for him. I think that's where we are right now. Wow. That, really? That's a mouthful. You asked for one verse, one chapter where we are, and we went all over the place. I, I know you, Alan. I, 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 know, I'm, I know what I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, would you would you pray for our viewers right here that, you know, you, we started this by talking about how there is a war and, and turmoil that's yes. coming and we need to be prepared. And I brought up about the, the 10 virgins and how some of them had enough oil and their lamps were, were, were trimmed and others didn't. You know, that oil is significant of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Would you yes. pray a releasing of the Holy Spirit on, on people and the baptism of the Holy Spirit? here so that people will be able to be ready and discerning. Yeah, there is a new baptism of fire that's coming, renewed for this generation. And I want everybody watching right now just to lift your hands. If you're hungry for a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is the opportunity. I'm believing right now for not just uh, a dabble do you, but a storehouse, a store of oil to be poured out on you. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every single household represented watching, for every single individual. We come together in unity right now, one chasing a thousand, two putting 10,000 to flight, and we believe for you to descend. And we ask right now that you baptize us in your Holy Spirit. 
Jesus, you are the baptizer. I want everybody to pray that right now. Pray, Jesus, you are the baptizer. Baptize me with the evidence of it to overflowing. I receive it right now by faith. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, as an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ, I say to you, receive the Holy Ghost now. Yeah, yeah, begin to thank him. Yeah, I feel, I feel a release right now. You open your mouth and you begin to praise him. That heavenly language is going to come up out of you. And it's not just a heavenly language. It is a fresh endowment of power to be a witness in 2024. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, thank you so much for sharing with us what God is speaking to you about the year 2024 and how we need to be prepared and ready for what's ahead. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, man. More to talk about. We could be here for hours. I know. I know. This, so we got to we got to plan another one.